What's up, everybody? You are listening to the On Tap podcast. But did you know that On Tap is also on Twitch? That's right. If you go to the Twitch app or website, you can watch my podcast live for free. All you have to do is go to Twitch and search Southside DMG. Uh, and when you follow, you will be notified whenever I'm live. And if that's not enough, if free is not enough, you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. That gives me Jeff Bezos' money. If you have Amazon Prime and you're not using it for anything on Twitch, use it with me. Give me Jeff Bezos' money. Or if you want to give me your money, that's cool too. But I want Jeff's money. He's a billionaire. He don't need it. I do. Anyways, Southside DMG on Twitch. Check it out. Every I, I stream every three days, like, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, three-day spans. And sometimes I'll surprise y'all with another one. But yeah, check me out on Twitch and enjoy this podcast. I'm sure it's a great one. digital media hello welcome to um another beautiful episode of on tap podcast i am your host carlos diaz and we are on all streaming platforms that's not new information that's just me redistributing information um i just got finished recording with fat tony over uh, discord it is my first uh discord or any you know remote uh interview that i've done here in the pandemic or at all and uh, I think it went pretty well. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. We talked a lot about uh, Exotica, Fat Tony's newest album, out on all streaming platforms and on Bandcamp. It is out on vinyl. And uh, yeah, I believe that it was a great time. Uh, we talked. Uh, we got more in depth in his music. I talked about. Um, I told him because he asked me about like how I feel about his music and uh, like. I try not to sound like uh, Jonah Hill from Get Him to the Greek. And I use that cause comparison a lot because I really do try not to like, because I, I love Fat Tony and his music, and I just don't want to sound like the guy who's just blowing smoke. And so uh, I made sure not to blow any smoke and just, uh, you know, ask ask the real questions. Tell him how I was feeling about the music. But yeah, so make sure that you go check him out. Fat Tony, Fat Tony Raps on all uh on all social media platforms and then exotica on all streaming platforms um yeah i hope you guys like the episode if i haven't said that already peace peace oh and fuck donald trump yo can you hear me hell yeah you sound crystal clear that's what i'm talking about i got the the i had to figure out how to put the mic onto the discord but because i didn't want to use the laptop one Love it. That's a best, bit. bro. Uh, do you want to do video or do you just want to keep it this way? Yeah, audio is best, man, because my phone is in my pocket. I'm at the freaking dog <laughs> park with, with my partner and my dog. Okay, okay. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't going to get to really see the full Monty because I'm not uh, <laughs> sitting down at home. What kind, of, what kind of dog do you have? He's about a year and a half to two years old. He's an Australian cattle dog mixed with German Shepherd. Oh, okay, so he's probably a big old boy, huh? <laughs> he's he's like fifty-two pounds. Okay, oof. He isn't crazy big. Nah, that's he's that's big, too, man. <laughs> really? <laughs> to me, I don't know. To me, I'm not a I'm not an animal person, but fifty-two pounds—that's a that, that's a big old boy. <laughs> we uh, were just at our friend's house, and they just got a new dog, and they found out that the dog's parents, the dog's dad, weighed one hundred and eighty pounds. <laughs> Perry. That is now that's a big dog. <laughs> yeah. That's like big as a fucking 
That's that's like a fat ass person right there. That's that's like a motherfucking. That's like a big boy. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's an average person. I think average yeah. size person, big for a dog. Average size is a little person. Oh well, welcome to the On Tap podcast. This is my first ever. Even though we're in a pandemic, this is the first time I've had to do a phone interview. Um, I'm, wow. I'm very excited uh, to be sitting here with Fat Tony, who, funny enough, was the very last live show I went to. Crazy. That, that was in Isn't March. That funny? In March, uh, around my birthday, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I feel lucky that I had those last couple shows. I played Houston and played Austin back in March, and then immediately the day after everything started to shut down yeah 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 how was how was that like did you have anything else like uh planned for like uh for april and stuff like that as far as shows hell yeah i had a lot of shit planned because i put out a record back in february Mm -hmm. and i had a i had shows planned for march april i had shows planned through the end of the year i also just put out my new album exotica in october and that was planned too. So I pretty much had like shows built around both projects coming out. Right, right. And I, had a, I had a lot of shit planned. Right. And so out of all those plans, what, other than like the the, uh, the drops of the albums, uh, what have you been able to uh, keep keep up with? Well, mostly I've just been spending this year working on Exotica because yeah. we we wrote the album in october in brooklyn and then we recorded an album in jamaica okay i didn't know that that it was written before it was uh before it was actually put down on yeah yeah okay yeah yeah um so which was kind of the whole plan behind it because with this album me and goldeneye aka tom cruise our whole thing was that we wanted to make an album that was really concept heavy and all about storytelling so we so I was living in Brooklyn at, at the time, right? Mm-hmm. And he lives in Jamaica and has been living there for years now. Right. He came to Brooklyn to write the record with me. And then I traveled to Jamaica a couple months later to go record the album with him. And honestly, having that much space yeah. and that much time to put the songs together, I think made it all the better. Because we really spent the bulk of our writing sessions just talking about the characters, talking about the concepts, talking about the songs, and then fleshing them out from the ground up, right? Right. What? Uh, um, what? what uh, and we pretty much spent this. Sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. We pretty much spent this year doing all the post production, like okay. finalizing the beats, mixing the record, right. getting the art direction together, making music videos for it. I feel lucky that. I've had something to look forward to all year. Right, right. I had something to occupy my time and to keep me busy. And it wasn't just busy work. It was actually extremely fulfilling. Exactly. exactly. I remember talking to you in March uh, about Exotica. And you were, you were very, like, you, it was hard to keep the smile off your face. Like, you, you, you've you been looking forward to this for so long. And I've been looking forward uh, oh, yeah. for that. I, I got the record in the mail. I'm sitting, it's sitting here with me right now. I'm looking at it. It's looking beautiful. Nice. Yes, sir. You definitely undersold the, uh, like, I, you, sh- you showed the, the front cover a lot. The back cover, when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, you should have been sharing this uh, one, too. This is so Fat Tony right here, the, this back cover. That's what I'm talking about, like, the whole project from, like, the rooter to the tutor, you know, the yes, front sir. cover, the back cover, the uh, liner notes with the with the lyrics, the uh, the uh, tricolor vinyl. That Yeah, the, hey, uh, that tricolor vinyl looks great. By the way, uh, uh, Wake Up, I, you know, I got that one. 
and I, I don't know if you're familiar with the website uh, Discogs, but uh, yeah. I got it and I scanned uh, you know the 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 barcode and it said uh, this isn't on here. Would you like to put it on here? I was like, well, I've never done this before. I put it on there, uh, oh, cool. and within like I think 20 minutes, like it was being like because on I don't know if you're on there, but uh, yeah, record rec- record shops can you know. Hey, we have this listing, and just like within like fifteen twenty minutes, listings from all over the world. <laughs> so that's that, amazing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But uh, yeah, you, thank you, you. Oh, of course, of course. What, Fat Tony? Come on. <laughs> and Exotica was already up there, so I was, I was like, okay, I was ready to write all that out, you know. But it's all good. But yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So, I, yeah. I was, I was going to say, in in addition to all the great art that we put together and the tricolor vinyl. We also included the scratch-off ticket that gives you access to the mm-hmm. mariachi remix of Gambling Man months before it's going to actually come out. I mean, I just want to throw that extra detail in there because that was a really important part of this project, too. And just that's, even I feel like detail is always... Goals are always... That it's more, more than like just the artwork right. or even the vinyl itself. Like We tried to really hit you at every single angle of something cool and interesting and smart you know i was explaining you know like your rollout process to somebody today because whenever like someone gives me the aux cord you know I, I, there's like you're, you're one of those guys that i'll always put in rotation because i, I like to see nice. i like to see the reactions you know because they're usually all the same uh the first reaction is usually like who, who the hell is this guy he's from uh-huh. he's from houston like yeah man he's from houston you know what but um I was explaining your rollout today because uh, you know even with like the with the wake up and like you had like your coffee like that you blended yourself and uh, you know that you that yeah. you chose yourself like that you you do take these uh, steps to make sh- everything feel more personal in a rollout so I, I always think that's awesome. I think it's important. Of I course, think it's really important because anything that you can do to stand out to also show that you respect the audience mm-hmm. is always appreciated. Like making scratch off tickets for a song called gambling man that has a mariachi remix right right making making coffee for an album called wake up for the people that receive those things they know without a doubt that we care you know right right and and that's why we do the things that we do and a lot of artists i feel like are missing that even if it's just the littlest thing like like this the little touches is what can be what like make someone a lifelong fan you know music you know yeah. it, it, it's very important but it's the little things that, that people remember you know outside of your music the things that they can hold on to you know I, I haven't opened the record yet just because i i like to wait until i'm actually gonna spin it you know nice but yeah i'm definitely gonna hold on yeah. to that uh to that uh scratch off and everything too as well cool man thank you yes sir they, uh, there's, there's, there's artwork for that mariachi remix too Awesome. When you, when you get that, when you use the scratch off, you will get some brand new art made made by the same cover artist who made the Exotica album cover. And who is that? Very cool. His name is Nagasi Arm Armada. He's a rapper and a visual artist. Okay. He was actually featured on the uh, song "Godly" mm-hmm. for my Wake Up album. Yeah, I remember that one. I remember. Uh, you have a lot going on here on the artwork. Do you want to go through that? Because there's, I feel like there's what two, four, six, there's like uh, about eight or nine different pictures here. You know. Pieces of art. So, so with the ex, ex, with the Exotica album cover, we basically I wanted to make an album cover similar to a Parliament Funkadelic record. Okay. 
And Paul and Funkadelic's cover artist was a guy named Pedro Bell, who has since passed away. Mm-hmm. And I approached Nagasi about making a cover with that as the inspiration. And I knew that his own art was very similar to some of that stuff in feel. Yeah. And I knew that he could really kill it. And I asked him to draw the characters from the songs as he sees them, rather than as rather than me just create how they look because I wanted his input right. that way. And I think he did an amazing job of like illus- illustrating the world of Exotica. You like see all these different characters waiting at a right. gate. They're like holding luggage and stuff. They're they're about to enter a place and. What right. I tried to do with this whole album was to create a world in the first place. And I think that this cover just really goes forth to like sell that. So, so, so each piece of cover, each piece of art through it, like on the side on the left side, on the right side, they're kind of almost like a, like single, like single art. Right. Then that's kind of what I was getting at whenever I was looking at it. That's a, that's a cool way to look at it, honestly, because but yeah, they are, they are all from like different songs, like in the upper left corner, you see characters from back in the saddle where you have the first guy, Joe, who is a producer. You I see him with, with the headphones on. With the cruise control and, headphones and, on. Yeah. Then you see Jill, who is a singer. And then right beneath them, you see a hand. And it's trying to decide between reaching for the cooking utensil or reaching for the microphone. Right. That's the character from the, from the third verse of back in the saddle who is in a successful music group but really wants to become a chef right and leave music all behind and just going throughout the cover there's also bobby brown in the bottom left corner i see that mentioned in in, uh feeling groovy right um there is jeremy bixby who is who is canvassing wearing a yellow shirt there is a gambling man with like dice in his eyes i like that yeah yeah, that that gambling man's he has that intense look yeah there's the dad and his wife and his daughter from Feeling Groovy. Um, there is Bun B. There's there's the producer Goldeneye in the bottom right corner. Okay, there's that's what I was gonna ask you. Who is this action hero? <laughs> yeah, that is that is Goldeneye. Okay, okay. AKA Tom Cruise, the album producer. And then you and then you, you also have the, uh, the priest, red red cowboy hat. Oh yeah, you you uh, got the freaking priest who is like smashing a pipe and also smashing his like laptop because he's probably looking at something that he shouldn't have been looking at on mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah, man, you have Bun B on there too. <laughs> yeah, I see it, bro. I love it. I love it. Um, let's talk yeah. about, uh, I feel like this, like your your music has always been like, uh, like st- story driven, you know, and you said you wanted to go out of your way to make this a, like a, a, a storytelling album. Um, I, I get those yeah. I get those vibes. I've always had those vibes from you. Those uh Yeah. Those like those slick rick type vibes. Even like when you're you're being funny, like even on, on uh on Wake Up on Cut That, that has mad like totally. Indian girl slick rick vibes. And and I feel like this is just like an extension of that. I feel like uh none of these stories or all of these stories are told with no like they're, they're they're told just from the person's point of view, you know, like like the the one who's who's doing this, yeah. like, you know, the gambling man, or you know, you absolutely. Know. So and it, it feels more like a movie, you know. You've always had a way with words that that paint pictures, but this feels more like a series of short films. 
was was that kind of what you were going for here or definitely i mean we were i i think the the style of storytelling that we were looking at mm -hmm. really comes from like tv series and from film okay you know and um you still there hey, sorry okay no you're good <laughs> i am um, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, what'd you ask again? <laughs> <laughs> you're good. You're good. Uh, we, I was, I was like getting my dog out the park. No, well, we were just talking about uh, the, like the concepts behind each song. Like, oh, yeah, I, I feel totally. like, like they're they're more short films, like almost. Totally. And I feel no, like and, almost every with with like, with like each of them, I wanted to take on the character too, like right. as much as how I performed the song. Right. Like on feeling groovy, the guy sounds frantic, a little frenzied trying to match that with my vocal right right like like jeremy bixby where i'm just a narrator i try to match that you know what i mean yeah kind of like the uh rooster in the beginning of the cartoon robin hood movie right right introduces everything you definitely get that i it, feeling groovy man that like it's such an upbeat song for what it's about you know and I, I like I like that it's like like you said like you try to to convey this guy who is who is on alert you know who is who is yeah. high strung who, who who's making a very interesting decision you know and and like you said as well I would, I would like, say a very bad decision right of course and and you said like you wanted to embody these characters and I feel like this is what that is it, it, they these characters f flow naturally through you it doesn't really feel like uh like you're you're acting, you know, it feels like these, these people are, are alive. These, these feel like stories, you know, like, like things that have actually happened to people that make it way more relatable, you know? Totally. Like, I think that there's a lot of humanity in these songs. Uh oh, dogfight. All, all these songs feature people who are trying to find a way to cope in some way. You right. know what I mean? Right. Whether it's Special Girl, where you have a guy who is finding happiness through his relationship and his partner mm -hmm. or a song like feeling groovy who is in an unhappy relationship and he's and he's contemplating getting out of it mm -hmm. or even gambling man who is just going through these series of ups and downs but but no matter how many l's he takes he just keeps pushing he's like addicted to the feeling of right. wondering if he's gonna win or lose you will see that happening throughout the song especially in the first song where we're just showing a world of like different characters and their ups and their ups and downs kind of been an effort to show people that gratitude is, is really what they need to lead with rather than right. comparing themselves to what everyone else is doing. And, and I, f I feel like, um, he, like these are real and relatable human emotions and we don't really get a lot of that uh, nowadays in popular music and stuff like that. When I was listening to it today with my friend, just listening to the first track, you know, uh, What Wake You Up, he was like, dude, this guy is fucking, like, whenever, you know, talking about, like, is it the check or, like, what is it? What, what really gets you going? You you made this guy have, yeah. like, a a whole fucking, like, not crisis, but, like, like he, he had to think about it for a little bit. <laughs> think. I mean, that's the point of it. Like, yeah. We, we wanted to make songs on this album you could sit with and it could keep giving back to you like give you something to think about you you keep finding your your own meaning your from them, interpretations etc you know yeah 
I, I definitely feel that. I, I, I love how you explain it as well, where Exotica isn't uh, like just the name of the album, but it's a place or a mindset. Uh, what, totally. took, what took you there? Like, think, how did you know you were in Exotica? Man, I think being in sessions where we were closed off from everything else but our own imagination, mm-hmm. like all of our writing sessions were pretty much just me, Go Nye, and our engineers still to dub. All of our recording sessions were just me, Go Nye, and our engineer, Abiza. It's like every time that we got together to work on this record, we were in our own world. That right. was kind of free of, the, of like distraction for the most part. And I think that really aided into us having like our own little world of brainstorming and our conversation. Right, right, right. And um, you, correct me if I'm wrong, but Bumby wasn't originally supposed to be on this album, right? Or not supposed to, but uh, it just wasn't set up that way, right? Yeah. At, at first, I was thinking that this would be first album with absolutely no features. Right. But Bun B hit me up. He happened to be in uh, Jamaica, too. And I couldn't pass up on getting him on a, on a record when I'm recording out there. Of course. But he was there for vacation with his wife. Of course. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Were, well, they was... were on the other side of the country. Oh, shit. <laughs> so rather than just let that stop us, we we um, drove out there. I, like, rented an Airbnb. We, like, yeah. brought a bunch of mobile studio gear. He, like, found time in the middle of his wife's birthday to come rock with us for like 30 minutes. Awesome. Very I was, awesome. I was telling him what the song's about. I played a song for him twice the whole time. He's just typing away and he nailed it perfectly. I, I like pretty much the first take. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, I watched whenever he did the trill static, like the 24 hour, you know, writing and, and doing the whole album in a day. And I was like, man, he's, yeah. These aren't just bum ver like he's killing them, man. Like <laughs> twenty four hours per song, so I can I can imagine him knocking one out in thirty minutes, and then all right, now I got to go back with Queenie. And <laughs> I'm, I mean, truly less than like he was maybe there for like thirty minutes, and we spent the first like ten minutes just hanging out, chopping it up, watching TV. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's oh. awesome. Yeah, man, he is he is really a pro. I watching him do that, being able to write. And to record mm-hmm. that quickly and do it that well just really showed me how much of a veteran he is. Like, this is a person who's been writing songs and rapping since the late '80s, right, right, in a, in a professional capacity. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So it makes sense that he just has it all dialed in now. He can do this. Yeah, he does this. That's that's yep. the, that's the professor, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of Airbnbs. Uh, yeah, this is just jogged my memory. Do you remember when we went out to Austin? When we got to uh, me and Garrett's Airbnb? Do you remember the first thing that yes. happened? Man, I'm let me. So I'm in the bathroom and I hear you and him just giggling. I'm like, what the fuck is so funny? We find or y'all found <laughs> this uh, this vibrator. This dude's the, whoever the Airbnb yeah. host is vibrator. <laughs> I look out. I'm like, I'm in the bath. You know, we just did that road trip, and I was like, man, I got the. I got the uh, road trip, you know, bubble guts. I got to, you know, take care of some. I come out and y'all yeah, are fucking yeah. cracking up like some children. Man, let me tell you, we got Austin, baby. We, we got back and we we're like, well, let's see what else we can find. You know, we, we we found some, we didn't find anything as funny as that, but we did find some funny things. <laughs> we did. We, hey man, that is a great host to like leave the vibrator for us. <laughs> what a fucking five stars. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you gotta love Austin. I do love Austin. I, I love going out there. I, I I couldn't do like a week out there. I could definitely do a weekend. 
There we go. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> we uh the same night it was after your show at a uh, engine control room, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And um great place. Great place for sure. It might have been the same night, it might have been a different night we were out there. But um it was it was great because I was looking for some food, you know, and I found Cuban and I found a Cuban place. And I was like, oh, my God, it was like mm. away from all the other food places and stuff like that. And I was like, let me just I, you know, I'm always going to find where I need to be. And uh, I found it and I started eating. And then I was like, man, this, you know, it's really quiet. And I swear to God, I said, it's really quiet for Austin. And when I said that, I got a fight breaking out onto the right of me. So I go to the Holy left, shit. and I got some guy throwing up in the street. I'm like, okay, now this is Austin. This is more like Austin. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a lot going on right now. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Tell me this. I, I feel like, and I don't want to take any liberties or stretches. To me, I feel like Gambling Man is a very rap cousin of Got It Out the Mud. I, I get those same vibes. Interesting. Have you heard that? Interesting. Or, 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 I- I feel like both songs were inspired by country music in uh, some part. Yeah. But that Gannon Man song, there's a Merle Haggard song called Jimmy the Broom mm-hmm. about a guy who is like basically a drifter. He moves to Reno after he uh, splits up with his wife. People don't really know much about him. And okay. And then he dies. And he was a janitor. And no one knows his real name and his family or what to do with him, so they just bury him as his nickname. And the whole song is just pondering on what this guy's life was like before he ever came to Reno. When I envisioned Johnny the Gambler Man, I was picturing Jimmy the Broom, someone who is in a desert town, totally alone, and you see him around all all the time, and you wonder, what's this guy's story? Right, right. I mean? kind of guy you like see in the corner store playing the video slot machines buying scratch offs <laughs> every day exactly exactly and i love the video as well uh you know I, I, like i said earlier i think all of these deserve a video um i think Me too. i think uh I, I'm, I'm curious now because these songs you know are, are, are about these people but only one of these songs is actually named after the character jeremy bixby mm. uh where did that inspiration come from and um, why is it that that is the only titled track, you know, with with one of these characters' names in it? I felt like Jeremy Bixby needed a name just for the nature of the song. Right. Being that the song's about finding a shirt that's at a thrift store, and you're wondering about the history of the person that's mentioned on the shirt. You right. had to give him a name. And I think we just felt like that name was very fitting, like the... Big Speed just added a bit of snootiness to him. Yeah, yeah. Which kind of adds to why he's, his outlook on life is that he can have anything that he wants. You know what I mean? Right, right. He was meant to run this place. Everyone knows it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Very dope. Um, You're t- talking about... Uh, Great observations, by the way. Oh, dude. I Have you ever seen a Get Him to the Greek yeah, I have. Where like he's like, uh, uh, you know, if if you, I don't care if you if you didn't like African Child, you know, if he asks, you know, he, you sleep, you know, you sleep to that hoe, you know, you wake up to it. And anytime you ask, <laughs> anytime you ask me about like how I felt about your music, I try not to sound like that because that's actually how I feel. I love everything wow, you put out, man, you. and I I love to analyze it, and I appreciate 
you know, you reaching out and asking how I feel about things. And I just try not to sound like African child. <laughs> I'm like, I love it, but I don't want to come off too Thank strong. You, but yeah, of course, of course. I'd, I'd love it, man. I love it. And I, I want to know, because uh, I'm, I'm kind of melding two interviews. We, we were supposed to do this in March. Things happened. And then Coronas happened. Yeah. Um, around that time, you had put out a list of albums that uh, you said really speak to who you are. Uh, can you tell me... Uh, what, like what specifically uh, this is prince sign of the times uh ugk writing dirty uh bad brains eye against eye devin the dude just trying to live uh htrk mm-hmm. psychic nine five club and brandy brandy uh, can you tell me which what of these albums like what do they speak to you as a person and how did they help sh- or mold or you know shape and mold uh exotica and and wake up two drops that you had this year very interesting I would say that those albums don't have a direct relationship to Exotica. Right. But those are simply some of my favorite albums ever. Many of those are albums that I've lived with for a long time, Mm -hmm. even going as far back as like being a teenager, Mm -hmm. you know, and like those are kind of just albums that I list. Like if I was lost on a desert island. Right, right. Live with all of those records and get much of what I enjoy about all music. Right. from those albums you know those like albums cover such a wide spectrum from like punk to punk music to rap music right. to storytelling to r&b to singing to hints of gospel with a little bit of everything in those records e- 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 even with the hate rock mm-hmm. which is hrk mm-hmm. that band even brings forth ambient vibes too you know what i mean okay so it's really a lot within that list of albums a lot to unpack for sure, for sure. Um, speaking of speaking of a, a lot to unpack, let me. Do you mind? Oh yeah, go ahead. Do you mind making this a uh, part two? Could I call you back later? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure, man. Uh, thank you for uh, thank you for I'll joining. I'll you back later on uh, tonight. Thank you. All right, we are back. Um, let's rewind a little bit. Uh, and talk about uh, wake up just for a minute. If you if you have the memory, if you if you can go that far sure. back into the to the hard drive of, of the brain here, um, how did uh, the collab with uh, Tadex come about? So me and Tadex met through my publisher. He put us in a session together, and I just really liked him. And yeah. just ever since then, we just started making tracks together, just like here and there. Yeah. He uh, produced Swerving on my McGregor Park album. Mm. And he produced a song on 10,000 Hours called Poet. And I feel like after he collaborated with me on the 10,000 Hours track, I was like, man, let's just start making some more songs for fun. Because most of the songs that we made were just random. Like, making Swerving was mm-hmm. just a random one-off thing. Making Poet was kind of a random one-off thing. But we never sat and tried to do a full thing together. Right. And And so... Th- you just you so like the vibe and, yeah we hooked up and just started making songs together and we we're like oh let's you know make an ep four or five songs and then that was fun and then we like set on those five songs for a while and i thought you know what let me just make this a full-length album it'll be a lot more interesting if we just add to this right and and like really do it like not just make the first five songs that we make the ep let's really boil down what we like out of those sessions right. and go and make some more. Okay. 
I remember also y'all boys uh, going live on like Instagram and stuff like that and, and playing certain tracks and just kind of gaining uh, feedback. Did how how did that feedback play yeah. into play into uh, that was fun because it it was cool just to see people interact with us over some like work in progress. I had never done that before. Like you know now it's it's like crazy to say that in like 2020 where right. like, we're live streaming <laughs> every fucking second of the day. Yeah, yeah. But back in 2000. 18 when we started working on wake up and in 19 working on it Mm -hmm. i had never really just got on my ig live like that i just never thought much of it but those those sessions were some of my first times doing it yeah and i was like wow this is actually fun i thought it would be nerve-wracking but it was why why is that why why would you think it would be nerve-wracking just just because it's something that i'm not familiar with because it felt so like raw and and like and like impromptu yeah whereas typically i like to be very prepared like of course of course i like putting on concerts i like making albums you know i like sitting back and thinking it through and then presenting it and to me i thought getting on ig live was just to like get on there and just like chill and like talk to people i didn't really understand how you could incorporate music in it right but after 2020 i know it <laughs> i was just about to allude to that like now that we're in 2020 you're throwing like uh dj sessions which i've loved it and and many concerts you know on live How, how's that been yeah it's great great i actually did a, a live stream concert with this tucson company called no audience back mm-hmm. this summer and i put it out as a live album live in the audience yeah and i just worked i just worked with them on another concert that I'm going to put out on December 10th, and it's me performing my full new album, Exotica. Awesome. And it's really special. We got like a really special setting, props, all this type of shit. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's like definitely fitting for the conceptual nature of the music. Awesome. I'm really looking forward to that, and I'm really looking for. I really loved uh, the the live at No Audience. Uh, that was another one that even like on the. Uh, like on the hip hop forums and stuff like that, you know, people were uh, coming back to that one and, and like your McGregor Park and, and just because it's oh really it's, cool oh yeah for sure for, especially because like uh, on certain certain forums you know people are looking for new stuff to to listen to or to purchase for those Bandcamp Fridays so I throw your name out there a couple times and then those it gets the conversation started you know like did you listen to his uh, you know his live uh, you know in, in, with no audience and stuff like that and and. It, Wow, that's cool. I didn't know they were talking about me on the hip-hop forums like that. Oh, yeah, bro. Love that. Of course, of course. Uh, I find I find the, the those parts of the conversation, because hip-hop forums are either like, oh, man, you know, two two people or, or, you know, two ideas, you know, going back and forth and, and not really getting anywhere, you know, just, but, but, yeah. But like those types of conversations where, you know, it's just a bunch of people appreciating, you know, good music. Those, yeah, those no, are my favorite. I love that. Yeah, for sure. That's for like sure. the kind of internet that we need to bring back because so much of other parts of the internet are kind of spoiled rotten by mm-hmm. by infighting and like just a bunch of bullshit. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
I definitely hear you 1000%. Um, I want to talk about, I brought it up vaguely uh, earlier. Uh, Cut That is, is one of my favorite uh, funny tracks of yours. Yeah. And we're, you were talking about leaving uh, songs open for interpretation. And I feel like this is one of those because I don't feel like you're actually out here impersonating FedEx drivers, but I do feel like as yes. I interpret it, um, uh, you're better to have as a friend than an enemy. Would that be, would you say that was kind of the uh, the theme there? I mean, basically, <laughs> that song's about having a breaking point. Okay. Where, like, you can deal with someone or a situation for so long, and then it's like, fuck, I can't take it anymore. Right. Notice any anybody that I'm talking about in uh, Cut That, there's, mm-hmm. like, several things that, le- that, like, led up to me snapping. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really love that. These two albums are completely different, but they they run that like they're both very emotional. I think I told you this too for uh, for Wake Up is like this isn't your typical uh, like good time like happy Fat Tony. This is Fat Tony yeah. having things like I'm getting these things off my chest. Like, I've been holding these things in, or you know I've got something to say. And I feel like this and Exotica ran that both ran that line beautifully in two completely different ways, but delivering the same type of um, honesty. Wake Up is more of a really aggressive album where like right. the beats are really loud. There's like a lot of distortion. Some of the sounds are like jarring. Mm-hmm. My vocal tone is like a little more shouty and more rapid fire as far as the rhyming. Right. You know what I mean? That was all done on purpose. And on Exotica, the type of emotional expression we're trying to do, we wanted to make it way more varied. Right. So like there are moments of like joy. There's moments of there's moments of sadness there's moments of jealousy mm-hmm. you know we like, like really talk about moments where on like Gen- on like Qua, where you have every character approach a situation or at least most of the characters on, on that song approach a situation where they're ready to just give up or they're frustrated mm-hmm. and just when it, when they're ready to, to throw it all away something beautiful happens as they did not expect isn't like that, the, like isn't that how it is home, too? Man from work to hear his child say their first words. Right. It makes like all oh, that yeah, life, man. Yeah, yeah. It makes like it's those it's those little moments that make the rest of that the the bullshit seem meaningless. Exactly, from the mundane to the extraordinary. We uh back on Exotica, you and uh you and Golden Eye. You you haven't had a a collaborative album together in a, in quite a while. So so, what what made y'all decide this was it's time? Well, basically, we worked on all my music together. Right. We made Rabbit Gap together, Double Dragon, Smallest Black Boy, and then he had his daughter, and him and his wife and his daughter moved from the U.S. to Jamaica. Right. And our workflow has always been us in person. We. We have never really been the type of just, friends who made just, music just like sending it back. Right, sending it in. And even, even when we first started working together, I would come out to work with him or he would come to Houston or we'd both go to New York. You right. know? So that's when our collaboration slowed down. Like on McGregor Park, he produced half the album. Right. Did the title track, Drive Through, last, last night. But on uh, 10,000 Hours, he only produced the first song, and on Wake Up, he did none. By the time Wake Up happened, we were already planning on making this out. Okay, cool. So we would, we like really spent like at least a year or two 
just talking about what this album could be before we even started working on it. You know what I mean? Right. So there was a lot of buildup to it. And I think all the time that we spent apart just really honed our skills. So when we came back to make another full-length project again, we're in like a whole new space where we're better than ever. Right, right. You, 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 you split up to and and you and you crafted and, and y'all became uh, the the different you know different beast and the same animal, <laughs> as Kobe would say. Straight up, man. It's kind of beautiful, honestly. Um, you're talking about those those classics. It's been nine years since the "You Ain't Fat" video. Uh, how, wow, how, yeah. How much has, uh, does that video mean to you? Man, that video means a lot. That is, that's, that's like my first real music video. And that video is so good that I look at it today mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel stale. It right. doesn't feel played out. It doesn't feel like too much a sign of the times. It feels like something that was unique on its own. Even the production of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that I couldn't have come out with a better first song or first video because mm-hmm. me being fat Tony, every day of my life since <laughs> I started using that moniker, yeah, yeah, people have come up to me and been like, "But you're not fat." Right, right. <laughs> That's beautiful. Uh, I was I was looking at uh, some of the comments from nine years ago, and uh, yeah. I, I did pick a couple that I would love to to read to you if you if yeah, you. you do. <laughs> um, that sounds fun. Uh, Vian Durto says, "My money says that Zach Galifianakis was a big influence on this video." Well, nine years oh. later, <laughs> was he? Uh, he was definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe on, maybe from the video director because that's a video where like lots of the treatment came from the director Joey Graham, right? But I definitely was not thinking about him. <laughs> Uh, a lot of the comments were about bath salts. I, I, oh, weird! Oh, because he like he like eats her at the end. I yeah. thought ammo yeah. eats her at the end of the video, and I think right around that time, <laughs> the the bath salt thing was like kind of new. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That was a whole never <laughs> thing. Wow, I forgot about the bath salt days. The bath salt craze. Boys eating each other in uh, Florida. <laughs> Uh, Joseph Wellington says, I think me and Tony should hang out. We have some of the same visions. I like cupcakes. I like bacon. Wow. Hey. <laughs> Tell them to give me some time. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send these guys the links, especially uh, jo- uh, the, the Zach Galifianakis guy. I'm like, no, bro. Delete this comment. <laughs> um, let's talk about... Uh, well, I'm sorry, what? No, I'm, I'm, I'm right here. Okay. Um I probably I don't I don't like to take out my phone during concerts and stuff like that. I, I just like to enjoy them. And you're probably the only time I do yeah. that because your shows, your live shows are are something else. Like I explained that it's, it's like to my boy Cruz when we went out to Austin, he watched you do the the sound check and all that, and then he watched your show and he's like, "This is how rappers should be. You know, this is how artists should be." And, wow. And uh, but I say that to say this: I, I only take videos at your shows sometimes. More times than not, I'm just enjoying them. But I've probably taken the blow the whistle neon mute uh, neon moon uh, video like a hundred times, and I I never went wow. viral. <laughs> wow, man, what happened? That was that's the funny thing. Like something that I was doing for a while, at least a couple years. <laughs> right, right. Finally, just you know, people people were like ready for it because right around the time 
that uh, Neon Moon clip went uh, viral. You, you had Lil Nas X, Old Town Road. Right, right. Up. And then even even before Old Town Road, there had been this like trend of SoundCloud rappers making these like cowboy hat themed right. songs, kind of like a uh, little Tracy and little Uzi Bird song, like a farmer. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Whenever we uh, did, funny, but when we did internet radio, we would have we had this a uh, Black Country Stars segment. And uh, we'd run your uh, your neon moon blow the whistle into hood party, just like nice. yeah yeah just we try to keep it as authentic. The live album. Yeah, the live yeah exactly exactly exactly. This was before the live album though. Oh wow! Which, Thank you, man. Which That's is crazy. when I when I show that album to people too, I tell them like like if if you we can't go to a Fat Tony show right now, especially like whenever like around that time, I was like this is as close as you can really get, and it, it's a great representation of what actually goes on in a Fat Tony set, you know. And I, totally. And and you got the clearance for the neon moon and and blow the whistle. I was, I was really happy about that one. Yeah, man. I look at that album kind of as a um, greatest hits, and mm-hmm. and I look at Exotica as kind of the start of a new chapter in my artistry. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do something like live in the audience, where I could just really capture some of my favorite songs from this past decade before i venture off into this new direction you know what I right mean? right and i think for anybody out there that is new with my music if you check out it's not good and live in the audience i think you're starting out a great place right because live live in the audience even goes from grab the gab to smart black boy to like mcgregor Park, right Ten thousand hours I'm, I'm like touching on so much of my music. Right, right, right. It's, it's a great uh, introduction. Yeah, man. For sure. Um, let's talk about, uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this this year is inducting Biggie. Um, yeah. But they've also gone on the record. A lot of the, like, the old school rockers have said like they don't think rap deserves to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and it's more of a novelty to get people to watch it. Um, through the years, they've added wow. Grand, Grandmaster Flash, Furious, and the Furious Five, uh, Run DMC, Beastie Boys, Public Enemy, NWA, Tupac, and now Biggie. Do you feel like it's it's a novelty? Do you feel like hip hop should even want to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Well, first of all, I think many of those institutions mm-hmm. are played out, of course, and they don't really serve the full history of American music. Mm-hmm. I think those old heads who claim that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is only putting in rap to get people to check it out as like a novelty. I think that's bullshit because if that was the case, they would put more current, more relevant artists in there. Right. Grandmaster Flash is a legend, but even he doesn't get the type of publicity and type of respect that he deserves from the hip hop press, right? Mm -hmm. Or or from hip hop award shows. So it's not like putting legends like him up there is going to suddenly bring a crowd that wouldn't check it out beforehand. Right. You know what I mean? I, I think those guys saying that are just bitter. It's it's, it's a mainly Gene, ma- the, mainly uh, Gene Simmons. Oh, well, fuck Gene Simmons. Yeah, yeah. What was that? <laughs> you know I, what I mean? But I think that um, it is wise to include more rappers into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because mm-hmm. I think that that rap music is 
the most important American music form of the last 40 years. 100%. I think we, we, we um, talked about this is. in our first interview a while back, but for sure. It is. like it, it, It's influencing. It, it is some of the most it's, important American music ever made. Mm-hmm. Like, it really synthesizes so much about our cultures mm-hmm. and our interests. And I think to try to deny rap as a stand this many decades into it right. is stupid. Um, I, I, I want before we go, I want to ask you two more questions. One about your time over at uh, Vice Live. How was that? It was cool because we had fun. Yeah. Paid well. Hey. But that show was kind of doomed from the start because I think on the creative side of things, we didn't have the right producers and writers to really gel with us. It was like us, the host, and a couple of the producers that really got us who just kind of lost in the world. Like there'd be times where we would be pitching something that we really like, and then right before we're about to go on air live, we okay we gotta scrap that Hmm. and we really felt like some people just didn't want to take the time to really develop stuff right the way that we wanted to i mean seriously there were there were days when we would rehearse something that we loved and right before we went out there it got pulled and we felt it was just like hey certain producers didn't like our ideas and they were against it from the uh, start and finally when it comes down to it they're just gonna say, "Hey, we're gonna pull it because um, it's not like we we can go and do it on the own. It has right. to be coordinated. You know what I mean? And that has to kind of be a, um, like a dejecting feeling as well. Like when, especially like when you're about to go live and then you find out something that you really liked gets pulled. Yeah, yeah. But it happens, man. You know, I think that it was a great lesson, at least for me, as far as the type of structure that is necessary to make a creative project. Right. Like everybody involved has to be having fun and enjoying it first and foremost everybody has to be invested in it especially if it's new because it needs so much care and so much development right it's 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 not like you're working on like the simpsons or something which is long running right kind of has a formula and a structure in place and you just fit yourself into it this is something that would have required everyone's full attention to make it good. Would, would and you... it's unfortunate that it didn't work out mm-hmm. really, but I think everything that happened was meant to be. We got of course, some yeah. cool clips out of out of it, and I definitely made some new friends out of it, mm-hmm. and I'm very happy for that. Would you say that the the producers that were uh, like less less in love with y'all's ideas were they just kind of resistant towards the whole? Which I was because I remember some of the producers were from like 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 Kimmel and stuff like that, and I feel like maybe they were trying yeah, to exactly. like y'all weren't trying to be like a, your ordinary talk show, and they were trying to instill ordinary talk show things into into Vice Live. I could be wrong. You're you're one hundred percent correct. You're one hundred percent correct. I just think some of the hires were a bad fit. Yeah, they were coming from from other shows that had a vibe that didn't really sit well with us. I mean, even look at our set. Like, our set looked like freaking American Idol or something. And if, and if you look at me or any of the other hosts, nothing else do we do resembles that. So why yeah. should we be in that setting? You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. Little things, 
like that that I think were just not being thought out clearly. I think it was just rushed, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But it but it happens, especially in like media where like companies are like fighting to stay interesting and mm-hmm. relevant and to keep an audience like the network shut down months after that sh- uh, show got canceled so the problem was definitely deeper than right us, you know yeah well, I, I'm glad I never missed an episode, Ben. Uh, I, I liked uh, I liked uh, your takes and, and like you were very honest. You know, there was a lot of honesty in there. There was a lot of things that some people needed to hear. You know, and even though it was short lived, it, it 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 was a good watch. You know, it was a good time, and I could see y'all. I could see y'all getting better. You know, so it, thank it, you. Yeah, it was definitely fun. Uh, I definitely love watching you do, do, you know, you had, uh, the, the thrift and then you had this and I, I just can't wait for whatever's next uh, as far as, you know, the video entertainment goes before I let you go Plenty more to come, bro. I, I can't wait before I let you go. I have a very different question. What was your most irrational fear as a child? And what is your most irrational fear as an adult? That's also a great question. I don't know how irrational it was mm-hmm. but when i was a little kid well actually it was pretty fucking irrational <laughs> when, when i was a little kid i had a dream once that i was out somewhere with my parents and i lost them i couldn't find them yeah so i had to drive home and i didn't know how to drive and i'm driving my mom's car and then i crashed the car and then i woke up and i was scared of all cars i would get cars car sick sometimes mm-hmm. i hated to ride in like the go-karts and i felt that way for like a, a year or two when i was little and it just kept reminding me of this dream i, I even had a dream once where i had the same thing happen and i was like oh man i'm fucking scared and, you know like just within my dream i'm scared yeah and then i try to drive again and then i crash again i'm just like oh I hear you, especially so that like would, that would be my most rational childhood fear. Damn, you are a therapist, sir. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want you to go through the, that trauma again. I, I apologize. It. No, I hear you. I used to like, my trauma, like, my childhood fear was probably like the 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 shark in the pool or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought sharks That's were going to be a bigger. Too. I thought sharks were going to be a bigger problem than they were. Hey man, luckily we know how to keep the sharks at bay. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, do you have a most irrational fear as an adult? Nah, nothing yet, but I'm working on them. There we go. <laughs> uh, Tony, brother, thank you for uh, doing this. I-, I appreciate you making the time. Um, thank you for having me. Of course, anytime. Um, and of course, anytime you're in town, you know, hit me up. We'll, I'll do the merch. I'll do whatever I need to do to make the the, the Tony show, uh, you know, run. Um, where could the good people? Yeah. Fucking love that. Of course, of course. Uh, where can the good people find you on all social medias, and uh, where can they find Exotica? I am Fat Tony Rap anywhere online, and you can get Exotica wherever you love to get music. You can get it from my Bandcamp. You can listen to it on Spotify. You can go to Cactus Music in Houston and buy it. But if you really want to get into it, 
I highly recommend hitting the Bandcamp because you know mm-hmm. it really supports the artist and the record label directly. Facts, facts, facts. Get it on a Friday, and there is no fee, none of that. It all goes to the artist, and it all goes to the label. So make sure you cop that Exotica. It is a bop. It is a banger, uh, wall to wall. And I knew, I knew it was trouble whenever a Dogface posted that. Yeah, when Dogface posted that video. I was like, oh, yeah, it's, was, it's over. It's crazy. It's over. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that, All right, man. Thank you, bro. Yes, sir. You, you have a good one, brother. Peace. Well. That was our podcast with uh, Fat Tony. I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, if you want to find my show on tap, it is on all social media platforms as on tap podcast, or you can look up my legal name, uh, Carlos Diaz, and it will be on all streaming platforms. That's uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, everything. Um, yeah, that was fun. I uh, hope you have all enjoyed it and make sure you definitely cop that Fat Tony Exotica. Uh, no matter how you do it through streaming or through physical copies, if you get the physical, I 1000% believe it's worth it uh, for any Fat Tony rollout. So make sure you grab that, check it out. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening.